0: Welcome to another episode of Systematic Geekology. This is a space where we seek to create and cultivate healthy conversations between those things we geek out on and the philosophical and theological questions that often arise out of our fandoms. Like what does it mean to be human? What makes a hero? What makes a villain? How do the stories and narratives we geek out on shape how we live in the world? We are your priest to the geeks. We aren't all ordained, but we see ourselves as mediators at the intersection of geek culture and going deeper in our faith. We don't always have to agree, but we do respect each other, and we see everyone as a beloved child of God. Everyone geeks out on something, so come geek out with us. And enjoy the show
1: You're listening to an Anazal Ministries Podcast.
0: welcome everybody welcome fellow geekologists those geeks who like to go deeper and dig into those things we all geek out on it's another episode of system ecology and today is a what's new episode that means uh we're just gonna kind of dive into what's new in geek culture and pop culture we'll have a lightning round but then we're gonna focus on a pretty big series that wrapped up on disney plus piercey jackson Percy Jackson, Percy Jackson, uh, my daughter will uh, correct me on how to pronounce this name properly, but I can't do this episode alone, and I'm really excited to bring up uh, here on YouTube. There she is, Hannah Catherine Rose. I've known her quite okay. a long time, all her life, by the way, uh, <laughs> because this is, this is my daughter Hannah. Hannah, how are you doing? Where are you? What are you up to today?
2: Um, today I've been doing homework. I'm a student at Appalachian State University, so I've been grinding that out. But yeah.
0: All right. Well, I'm glad to have you on this podcast. She, there have been times when we've driven in the car and she's like, Dad, can we listen to music? I'm like, No, I'm listening to a podcast, usually about surfing or Star Wars or comic books or something like that. So um, I've now uh, brought her a part of this podcast. And because she is a big. Yeah, you're you're a big geek around uh the whole this whole book series and you're really sure. excited about this live stream of uh Piercy Jackson and uh really excited about that <laughs> I keep mispronouncing this thing. <laughs> All right, and uh, another big super fan of um, Piercy Percy Jackson, that is Allie. Allie's been on the show before. Uh she's also related to one of the hosts here at yeah. <laughs> uh Semek Ecology. But uh Allie, how are you doing? What are you up to? Where are you today?
2: I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm just chilling now. I went to church and shopping, but then I came back. Um, So, yeah, I'm in Kentucky too, though, just so you know.
0: (laughs) In Kentucky. Church shopping, now chilling. Now we're geeking out. That doesn't sound like uh, a bad bad Sunday to me. And uh, off before we even hit play and record on this, uh Hannah and Allie were we geeking out on books <laughs> and audiobooks and oh, yeah. all those things. There was a confession that Hannah doesn't listen to the podcast, but she does listen to audiobooks now, and that changed. I've a lot. been
2: indoctrinated to the audiobook world, so I feel like that's a pipeline to the podcast world. Yeah, I feel like yeah that's where I
0: it's a gateway. It's a gateway. I agree. I agree. And we have one more with us. Here we go. This is my friend Justin. We're colleagues in Chapel Hill. He's right down the road from me at a at a pretty awesome church, and uh, we hang out on occasion. And I'm glad that we brought him here uh, to SysMac Ecology. And I'm curious because uh, Justin is on Franklin Street, and there was a pretty big game last night. No, I'm not talking about the Super Bowl. I'm talking about Carolina versus Duke, and. Um, Justin is a pastor here in Chapel Hill, but I also went to Duke Divinity School and his church is right there. So I wonder, how was your property? Was there anything damaged? Were there cups and beer cans in your yard? Because I saw the crowds that was on Franklin Street last night and it was pretty big.
3: <laughs> it was pretty big. You know, the folks usually just leave the church property alone. I mean, they maybe they see it as some... Um, Uh, something that helps them, you know, with these victories. I have no idea why they do this. Only one occasion, uh, years back, did someone try to uh, like break in to go and ring the church bell and they were assisted by a former senior pastor of the church. Oh, (laughs) that's the only time (laughs) we've ever had any troubles with this.
0: Well well maybe it's like Camp Um Half Blood where like there's a barrier. You can't get in unless you're allowed in onto church. That's right. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Perfect. Well, this is a what's new episode. We're going to go around the horn. What we're geeking out on? Uh, we won't go too deep just yet. We're going to. There's a series we're going to focus in on. Uh, but for now, we're just going to kind of go around the horn in the uh, lightning round. So what, so, what are we geeking out on, folks? What are we geeking out on? What's new? Hannah, we'll go with you first. You you mentioned the series Beautiful. you're going. You you're a big. Oh, yeah. You love books. You love TV shows. You got. I you love got storytelling. Um. So so what are, what are you what what's something you geeking out on?
2: Okay. So as of uh, last night quite literally, because it just came out. Um, Super into the new Amazon Prime reboot of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So, so good. I literally started it last night and I'm done, like, with the series already. That's how much I loved it. Um, Like, the writing's phenomenal. The pacing. Like, in, like, episode one, right off the bat, like, already invested in the characters. Like, probably from the first scene. Like, first scene, you're already invested in them. So, really good. And then I trust Don Glover with, like, anything he does and the acting and everything he was like a co co co-creator I think so it was just so like I can't even describe how good it is it was a really good commentary on like marriage and partnership but like within this extreme bounds of like they're on crazy spy missions but it's also like they make make a comment of like it's not like we could get divorced like commitment like commentary on like commitment and so it's like oh it was just so good to see like how well it was it was played out Excited about it and yeah, awesome. So,
0: how many how many episodes is this season?
2: Eight, but they're really long. Like they're forty five minutes. I think the last one is like sixty minutes, like an hour.
0: So, so you so. you you watched all eight episodes yesterday.
2: Listen, <laughs> yeah. me and my sister had a sleepover, and okay. we didn't have anything else to do. So. <laughs> yeah, no, my okay. sister and I do that all the time. Why would no I? No judgment. I could, there's no geek naming.
0: No, no 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 judgment here sometimes we find a bingeable series and we go for it. that that is not I haven't, that like
2: besides Jackson, I haven't really been watching a ton of tv i mean we've watched mm-hmm. the bear together a little bit but yeah. which is yeah. good so also that
0: yeah i'm gonna go around i'm gonna talk about that ali <laughs> what is something you're geeking out on? what's what's new in pop culture there's no shortage of content out there <laughs> Things we can geek it out what yeah. what are you and- what are you geeking out on
2: So this actually came out in like 2020. It's a podcast and I don't listen to a ton of podcasts, but I saw like a TikTok sort of talking about this one and it's called who pooped on the floor of my wedding. Um, (laughs) And it's literally about exactly what it sounds like. It's a like true story. This couple got married on a boat. They invited a hundred of their family and friends, like just their closest they get on the boat. They take <laughs> off. They like have the ceremony. And then at the reception, they notice someone has pooped on the floor of this boat. <laughs> and it had to have been one of their 100 closest family or friends that were there. And it's they I do it. The set up.
0: So it's like a murder mystery, but you're trying to solve who defecated. Yes. And it's like
2: a, like a, is it like a closed room mystery? I forget what they call it, but it's very much that. But what they do is they get one of their friends who loves murder mystery podcasts to act as their head detective. And she's literally, well, she doesn't take anything seriously. She has a super thick like Australian accent Mm -hmm. and she's like, having them hook up to lie detector tests and asking people like, did you poop on the floor of this wedding? <laughs> but it's like a, a kid's toy that she's had having them like hooked up to. And it's
4: mm-hmm.
2: hilarious. hilarious. Just, have like- you listened to the podcast, normal gossip? I haven't, I haven't even heard okay. of it. It's like, basically every episode is like, they just take stories from like other people. And mm-hmm. it's just like normal gossips from like random people's like friend groups and lives, And they like, talk about it on the podcast like get people to just like tell like normal stuff, that. like that like stuff I would like listen that to that. that reminds me. <laughs> <of> that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Again, like we're talking about the no shortage of like superheroes, sci-fi, um fantasy, mm-hmm. but there's a no never ending like <laughs> just well of resources when it comes to podcasts, anybody can record into a pocket do it well we're yep. we're in the game right but but like man that's fascinating there there's so many like I don't need another podcast in my feed but I J- I think Justin and I who are ministers who do weddings who've seen a lot of things at weddings that's one thing I can honestly <laughs> say I've never seen or experienced yeah. but I'm not, nothing surprises me that it's happened there's definitely been some uh uh uh, family issues and uh mm-hmm. drunk folk who get too crazy at um at at reception <laughs> in terms of like solving the mystery of who was <laughs> the floor, well,
2: and like yes, halfway man. through the like series because it's like it's just like one season of this podcast and the episodes start out like 15 minutes long yeah um, but Halfway through, they end up having to get, like, a submarine expert from the Navy because (laughs) someone spotted an illegal submarine halfway through their, like, wedding trip on this boat so it's there were a lot of twists and turns it was good Man, it was really good
0: justin and i could do a podcast about the crazy things we've seen at that you could monetize this justin we could do this we could do it um cool thanks for sharing because that, that's really i did not see that coming of all the things you it out, that's not one that i <laughs> predicted i was going to hear about today uh justin what do you geek it out on what's happening
3: so um there is a show on Hulu, "Death and Other Details,"
4: mm.
3: um, talking about uh, mysteries, um, and it, it um, which occur on it occurs on a boat uh, here in this first season. But there is uh, uh, no defecation anywhere um, <laughs> that I'm aware of. Uh, right. But it is it's just a great um, a great mystery show where. You know, different episodes come from a different perspective, and there's this broader, insidious plot that has been going on for uh, decades, really, um, in the background. And I've just found it to be a very interesting show. So I semi-binge-watched uh, that series. and The last episode just uh, came out this past week. So Death and Other Details is a great show. And I'm pre-geeking out... On the new Avatar last yes! year series that's about to come out, like
4: really-
3: <laughs> be, let's prepare an episode right now for yes. that because I am here. When is that
2: coming for it. out?
3: I believe it premieres on February 22nd.
2: Yeah, what? that's what I thought too.
0: It's like it, next I mean, week, weeks, three weeks. It's like yeah. very close. Oh boy, the preview the previews
3: are so there's so much fidelity to the cartoon this is the avatar last airbender uh that we've been we've been waiting for live action at least
2: that's so amazing because like literally second to like the percy jackson series coming out i've been so excited about that but i think i've been so focused on like percy jackson that i've been just forgetting that avatars coming out and like i would literally sit in my dad's office at the church and like watch all the right. the avatar you were
0: raised there. on that oh yeah, for sure <laughs> yeah and it has a similar story to um uh, percy jackson in a sense that like yeah people were fans of the books yeah. and then it became a movie and then people were disappointed with the movie and then here comes the show to try correct and try to capture what the books are about and i think mm-hmm. um avatar the last airbender was so popular as a as a cartoon series and people loved it so much we've done episodes about it on on this podcast and then the movie people were excited and then weren't quite that uh, um, excited, or you know, let's say there was a little disappointment, uh, and then and then so now them them doing this and this has gone to some rewrites too, uh, and and reshoots and rec I don't know. There's been a lot of a lot of um, efforts been made to make make this show so it coming up. Yeah. I think pre geeking out and looking at the trailer, um, which leads I you know I'm a big Star Wars fan, and so the Bad Batch season three animated Star Wars um, yeah. TV show coming up. The trailer was really good. There's not a lot of mm-hmm. Star Wars because of the strike there isn't a lot of star wars content um well i guess there's some shows coming up people are anticipating but they've been on hold so this is the first yeah. one for a while people really to jump onto and and i'm excited for for that so yeah geeking out on trailers and what's coming up i was making a note in my daily planner of the movies and the TV shows <laughs> things are coming out so i can so i can keep out with it um i'll share that I'm, I'm geeking out on i'm finally watching the bear on hulu um and people have suggested this show for a long time about the writing about uh, Uh, What's going on in the kitchen and the bear itself, Um, and so our family is FaceTiming and watching it together. A show that we're watching, so so Hannah's been a part of that process. And my brother is a cook, and um, he's a biscuit chef. And there are things that are people are saying in the show to one another in the kitchen that I did not know was lingo that I've heard my brother say. That I'm like, ah, now I know why when I'm telling my brother something, he goes, "Heard." I'm like oh now i know why he said i thought he was being short with me but uh no it's the it's kid is kitchen lingo um but yeah, it's a fascinating show and the actors um i think so that good. actress who um plays the the young chef on there she I uh, know? yeah she hosted saturday night live night and nailed it she was so good on saturday night live she revealed on Saturday Night Live in her opening monologue that she started in New York as like a open mic night comic and going around Mm. doing those things. And she was um, pretty at the very beginning, like had to hold back tears, how important, how great it was that she was on Saturday Night Live and in her life. And and she was so good on that show. Now I'm like, oh, now I know why she's so good on the bear. Uh, She Mm. has those kind of improv acting comedy chops that can roll with with people in a fast paced kitchen kind of thing.
2: She's really picking up speed, too, like as an actress, because like I was watching me and my roommates have been like rewatching Abbott Elementary and she's like the sister in Abbott Elementary. Like I didn't notice how many things she has been kind of like kind of creeping up in until I rewatched it. I'm like, she's so good in everything she does. Like I.
0: Hannah, did you mention Abbott Elementary?
2: I may have. (laughs) (laughs) That's also coming out soon
0: it is this week? <laughs> this week? i i think it's this week because aren't this you uh,
4: yeah
0: seeing hannah's coming into town for my wife's like thing at, at meredith and then so we could we could watch yeah that's another thing i like, kind of pre-geeking out about shows that are getting ready to happen because the strike mm-hmm. put everything on hold mm-hmm. uh, and now they're just going to start rolling rolling out these things so yeah abbott elementary is another show we enjoy and mm-hmm. um yeah. Excited about that. One. Any other things that you're geeking out on in the lightning round that we could we could share real fast before we go into the main event? Anything
2: My other one way? was Atla and you covered it.
0: Ah, There you go. There you yeah. go. How what's what's your um, like hype meter for that, Ali? Like how excited are you cautiously optimistic? Are you hyped? What how are you, how you feeling about this?
2: Um. So For Percy, it was very much pure excitement. And I saw the trailer and I heard all the stuff from Rick along the way. I was like, yeah, this is like pure. I'm really excited. Like, I can't wait for it to happen. But I feel like I know sort of what I'm going to get. But the Avatar, they've been doing like a bunch of, I mean, press, obviously, leading up to this. But um, like not damage control, but they've been putting out things like what we ended with is in no way what our intention started off as, Mm. but they didn't say for the better or for the worse. So I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? Um, And then they were like, so the original avatar is very much like geared for kids, but I think everyone Mm. can enjoy. Yeah. Um, But they were like, this one's geared for adults. Mm. Um, But my college on this. Oh, yeah. It's weird like they contest the Percy Jackson in terms of like I feel like this one's so much like geared for kids like yes. yeah, which we can
0: talk about that later but like yeah. yeah well well it's like you you've grown like if you who grew up on it you're now adults you're in college right yeah. college getting jobs so so it's aged up they've done that with star wars they've done that with other things where you start off at a certain age with a fandom or a narrative or a story and then you start growing up with it you know harry potter did that right yeah. like you start off with that first book they're very much young and then you get up to the really adult themes or you know just just dealing with life uh, as you're older in life. So I, th- I think that's important to, yeah, that's, that's good stuff.
4: Mm-hmm. good stuff.
0: All right. Time for the main event. Booyah. There we go. Um, uh, Percy Jackson, Percy Jackson, Percy Jackson, uh, season one. Um, as we talk about this, you know, it was a book and then it's a movie and now it's a TV show uh, season one on Disney plus just wrapped up. Um, I guess there's going to be another season. I don't know if there's talks of that or not, um, but I was hoping that we could kind of go around the horn and just share kind of our relationship to this IP, this, this fandom, where do we start with this? Did we start with just this series? Did we start with the books? Did we start with the movie and then go read the book? Uh, those kind of things. Justin, what, we'll start with you first. What is um, your relationship to, to this story?
3: Yeah. So I'm on my uh, second round of kids who have, Um, been reading the the books. So uh, I've got three sons and my eldest uh, who is um, 17 um, uh, read through all of the Percy Jackson books and then began to expand into the wider um, uh, Percy Jackson universe of books as well. So uh, I mean, I just gave all of my money to that author during uh, those days. And uh, here now, I think because he'd heard that the show was going to come out, my youngest, who is is ten, uh, began to read the first book, and uh, and so I'm kind of reliving it with him. He is more conversant about the book than my eldest was. He got kind of, eldest is kind of powered through reading, and my youngest really wants to talk about you know what he's reading a little bit more. And so it's been fun to see him talk with his older brother about it. They've been listening to podcasts about Percy Jackson uh, here and there together or about mythology uh, uh, together. And then um, what my youngest said he was going to do is he was going to read the book and he would only watch an episode when he'd already read through, you know, the content in the book. And so, the episodes were his reward, and uh, and I think he just uh, watched the the final episode uh, just this weekend. So he's all the way through book one, and, and has started uh, book two. So yeah. that's been my relationship with Percy Jackson. It's been
0: a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, to walk through it with uh, two kiddos. So you've, you've read those books yourself, or you just kind of read along with them? Right? I have, I have listened to the audio
3: form here and there. Most yeah. mostly it's has yeah. been uh, vicariously through the kids.
0: Yeah. Um, conversant. That's a good word. You, you threw conversant out there. That's kind of what we do with, uh, is this is my geekology. We geek out on thing, and then we have conversation around those things. That's a good word. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. Allie, what, what's your relationship with this IP and look uh-huh. and story?
2: Yeah, so uh, I've been obsessed with Percy Jackson for years. Like, I feel like I was really close to Percy's age in the book whenever I, like, started reading them. Um, But they had all come out so I could, like, binge them. Um, But I actually went – I saw the movie first. And I I remember – like, I vividly remember I went to the movie theater with two of my friends – um, for an academic team party, like, so way back when, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we saw the trailer for it and they were freaking out. And I was like, okay, well now I feel left out. Cause I don't know what you're talking about. And they were like, well, it's coming out in a little bit and we should all go. So we went. And then I felt even more left out. Cause they were like, they brought their half, like the Camp Half Blood Demigod Diaries, like book with them, <laughs> which is like the field guide to the characters and everything. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. That was fantastic. And then I read the book and I was like, no, that makes sense. I know why you're mad. <laughs> I understand why you're mad now. Yeah. Um, so, like, right after the movie, I read the, like, well, all of those books. Um, And then I started, like, I was caught up whenever he started releasing, like, the, spinoff series Uh Um, so I feel like I've pretty consistently been giving Rick all of my money since (laughs) I was like 12 um (laughs) with all of his series like because I like anything he puts out I will read like I'll Mm -hmm. I'll give it a chance um and they never disappoint so that was good um but now I think it's been awesome because um so whenever I would read it Like I had said before, my friends had already like had that phase and talked about it. So they didn't want to talk about it as much. And they weren't like as obsessed as I was. Um, And my sister, because they do that because I liked it so much. She was like, I'm not reading that. And now finally, she started reading them and we'll talk about them. Um, And then people like on TikTok and Instagram are starting to talk about them more. Um, Mm -hmm. And all of these, because I used to follow a lot of like Percy Jackson fan pages on Instagram. And slowly they changed into fan pages for other things. And oh now they're gosh. switching back to Percy Jackson. And I'm like, yes, this is so great. This is everything I ever wanted.
0: Ah, so I'm glad I'm, um, yeah. you're on this episode. That That's so good. I think, yeah, FOMO can also be with the things we geek out on too. Like you see people geeking out on those things. It could be contagious. Like I want to be a part of that. What is that fandom like? Yeah. Um, we know fandoms can go uh, toxic too. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, Rick's been pretty um, – active on social media too, like the hype and sharing Mm -hmm. pictures and, uh, uh, pre-production photos and, and cast picks and things. So that was kind of fun leading up to it. And then him being really excited and being a part of the, the creation process Mm -hmm. for, for Disney. I think that was the, the movie was, um, people's disappointment is that he just kind of released it and said take it's, it's yours do do what you want and it was a different era and time back then but they, they took their the movie and ran with it and the people were disappointed mm-hmm. um and then and then he got more control of it to redo it for for disney so i think that's that's pretty good
3: if you'd like to support our show on captivate feel free to go to captivate.fm and um Find our show, subscribe, you'll get access to any future online D&D campaigns over there. You'll get an extra bonus question for four to eight times a month. You'll get extra content like that through there. Um, You also get a one-time donation you could make to help support the show right on Captivate. You don't get anything for the one-time donation, but if you'd like to just support the show once, do a quick donation, you can do that through Captivate.fm. Our overhead includes editing software, marketing equipment, recording software, and a whole lot of other stuff. And um, we really appreciate everybody who can help keep the lights on.
0: Hannah, now remind me: Did you have the book and read it first, and then I read it, or did I read it first and then you had the book? What I, I remember reading the book, but what is what? When did you read Listen. this? I know you're
2: okay. Listen, okay, right.
0: okay. Here we go.
2: I read. All of the it's kind of similar to what you were saying, Ali, but like I read all of the original series and then as I was he was like releasing the Heroes of Olympus, um, that kind of mm-hmm. line of books um or series, like right as I was kind of finishing the first ones, which was really cool because I got to like there was something so magical as a kid of like going and getting a new book as it came out, like from yes. like, like Barnes Samples or the store. Like that, yeah. I remember that being such a big deal for me. And um yeah, so definitely relate to that. But I, yeah, I think I read all the Percy Jacksons first. And then I was like, I didn't have anybody to talk about with because my sister didn't read it. A lot of my friends like did, but like not weren't super into it. I think
0: that's when I was like, dad, please read this. Yeah, And and, and, and I read that first one and it, and you know, it's, it's a YA novel, um, about Greek mythology. And I like Greek mythology. I like religious conversations. I like the hero's journey. And, and so, man, how he told that story and the wittiness behind it and, uh, the Mm -hmm. side conversations and getting to, um, just, just the style of how he wrote that book was, was really, was really a lot of fun. And so, um, later on, so Hannah, did you go see the movie? later I, again it's blurry back in the 2008 no, 9 no. when this come out <laughs> Tens.
2: I think I was like at an age so I read them I remember I was in like late elementary school like early early middle school um I remember like reading the books and that was the first series of like me and my sister shared a room we were in an apartment and I remember going to the bathroom at night and like they would be like okay like time to go to bed and i would go and sit in the bathroom for hours in the bathtub and read all the books because i was so invested in the story and like i think i've i did have that before but not in the same way of like loving the characters so much yes. in the storylines that i was like i i would rather not sleep and I would rather sit in this bathtub in yeah. a comfortable tile and read this book. And so okay. I remember doing I know that. You did
0: that, but that's fine. Um, that's good. oh for sure. <laughs> I would
2: literally just sit in the bathroom and read it for hours. <laughs> <laughs> and it like, Why so tired? And I was like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> well yeah yeah your mom is a language and literacy professor, right? So we encourage a right. lot of literacy yeah. and reading. So that's good stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but I don't I, I don't even remember like putting it together that there was a movie. I don't remember the time that I did that until I was like, oh, there's a Percy Jacks movie. I guess I'll watch it. And then I watched it and I was like, it was entertaining. And I still think it's entertaining. <laughs> yeah, But like that can't be contested that the first movie entertaining. Sea of Monsters, that should be wiped off the face of the planet. And that should not even... That's that painful. Literally, that was <laughs> But the first movie, you can't deny that it's entertaining and that it's yeah. like, you know, fun. But I was also at a point where I was like, what are what are they doing? Even at a young age, I was like, "What are they doing with this?" Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't remember the movie being like. I don't. I don't think I saw it in theaters. I don't think I. I think I just saw it when it like came out on. Mm-hmm. I, was,
3: mm-hmm. I, was, I don't know. Yeah, my uh, my eldest son was properly offended by the movie, and then we moved. We lived in Nashville for a bit, and we went to the Parthenon, where the Parthenon scene was filmed mm-hmm. uh, from the movie. Just. You Know to have a little bit of uh nostalgia in there, um, but yeah, he, he did not enjoy the movie at all.
2: I just went to the Parthenon this summer, mm-hmm. lost my mind because they had like a little area in honor of the movie, Aww. and I was like, you know, the movie's like aren't <laughs> even that good, but I still really geeked out. <laughs> yeah I think part of it too is like I remember how I felt and like this is another thing but like I was a big Stranger Things fan when I was in like or like late like middle early high school and I think if there's something so special about I mean the characters when you're reading them you are their age and you're reading the book and you're like these are kids my age and they're doing like amazing things and like having these adventures and then to watch the movie and them being like adults I just remember like, I remember watching Stranger Things and being like, Oh my gosh, these kids who are the actors who are playing the kids are like kids and they're my age. And I remember that being so cool. And there's something special about having someone your age representing the characters that you love so much. So I think also with the movie, that was also something that for me, especially watching it as that kid was like, these are full grown adults and these are not the characters. <laughs> like, well, and also like When I was talking to my sister, um, She said, he just looks so young. And she kept saying that throughout the trailers and, like, after the first episode. And I was like, he's supposed to be 12. And she's like, I just remember him being, like, 18 or, like, 19 or something. And I'm like, that's because you've only seen the movie. Like, they rewrote it. But it was always supposed to be, like, a Mm coming-of-age story where he's 12. And, oh, here, fight a giant monster and jump off a building like so yeah.
0: yeah. Good, good stuff. Like I, all that's just so relevant because yeah, there's the, do you read, do you read the book first or watch the movie? Watch the movie first, read the book. If you love a book so much, do you even like go down the movie? Cause you're scared. You're going to let it go. Or do you bother with the book because you love the movie, you know, or can it go deeper? I think all those, those stories are good, but like that leads us into like, all right, we've seen this show is debuted. It's over. First season's done. How does this show compare to the book? And, um, what, what did you think overall of, of this series? I I highly enjoyed it. I love watching. It's been a while since I read the books. I thought I, I was remembering what was happening in the books as I was watching the different things. But I just loved how they modernize uh, an age old myth and the hero's journey. And they brought it over mm-hmm. here. So Olympus, a part of the Empire State Building or um, all these different spots where, where it's integrated into like the culture and, and time here, I think is just a neat way to to retell the story and let people see whether for the first time or age-old understanding of of the myths and and the hero's journey that that it tells hannah all right what all right you watched the show you were very excited you were a wednesday warrior and and being there when it dropped on disney plus and watched it as it dropped uh how do you think this compared and and are you satisfied with with what they did
2: yeah i think going into it knowing this is a kind of like we were talking about earlier, this is a show that's made for kids. And I think they stuck to that heart of it. And honestly, for me, as much as I would like to see, um, I mean, everyone wants something that's like more cared to like what they like (laughs) would connect with. But like, it gave me satisfaction to know that there are kids out there who connect to the story so well and love those characters that see themselves in the show. And like, it's for kids. And I, I personally was okay with that. I have like roommates who watched it and was like, like not into it because, you know, of the audience it catered to. Um, But I think they did an amazing job with connect, like really keeping true to the heart of the characters themselves and giving more like development, especially not necessarily with the books because like you can't really do books justice all the time with characters. Um, But I think definitely with the movie, obviously, like I think they did such a good job of staying true to the character's soul and who they are and their attributes that make them the characters that they are. While also, I mean, they diverge from the, original plot with a lot of the like, um, especially within chapters of like hero's journey, they go to this place and then they meet this monster and then they go to this place and they meet this different monster. Like they switched it around a little bit, did different things. But for me, as long as they're staying true to the characters and that's really why we connect with it as much as we do anyways, at least for me, um, I was fine with it. And I think the fact that Rick was so involved and instrumental in Mm -hmm. those changes really meant a lot to me because, um, it's his story. It's his brainchild. He's had 10 years to really think about what he would do differently. And in those 10 years, like culture changes, uh, authors' views changes on their own story. Um, So I'm really glad that he, I mean, I think he made the changes that he did and who am I to tell someone that they can't change their story in a way they want to. Right. Um, I, yeah, (laughs) I think it was really cool. Um, Especially like with the changes of, um, like different characters of, you know, different race and stuff it is hard for people. I think going at some people, especially with Annabeth, um, right. trying to kind of come to terms with that. But I'm like, number one, if Rick doesn't care, I mean, I don't think I would have cared anyways. But if he especially doesn't with his own character, then who are we to like care about something like that? Especially if the characters entire everything else is the same. I think it's awesome. And sorry, I'm going really long here. But I think yeah. representation also has been a really key part of percy jackson in general like the first book especially but throughout like adhd and learning disabilities has been something that mm. they've talked a lot about and gave representation like representation to kids with like learning disabilities of like this is something that makes you powerful and special like percy's like i have adhd and they're like well that's because you're like a warrior you're like a greek demigod like warrior so it like that i think that was important um for that group. So I think that like representation for different groups of people and for kids to see has always been a part of Percy Jackson. So I think putting that to the show, too, is really cool. And I really liked seeing that kind of transfer to a different way now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. was a good comment movie. up there from from Christian, uh, one of our hosts who, you know, he felt was a good at. Um, adaptation of, of the book. And, you know, sometimes what you're playing with time, you know, every story you, you, you have to, there's the economy of how you are going to spend your time and energy and with what character or what setting or world building. And, and so I, I do think it's, it, it set things up well, like he said, and, and he's excited about season two. That's, that's fun. Um, so, so yeah, um, Atlee, you know, you're, you're a big fan. Um, what, what did you think? What did you think of, of the show and how it related, uh, to, to your, one of your favorite stories?
2: So I would just like to ditto everything (laughs) that (laughs) Hannah says, Um, because, like, all that, like Rick, whenever he started out making the books, and I said this last time, but like he did it for his son who had like ADHD and all Mm. these things, and he was like, "Well, my son really likes." greek mythology in those stories so i'm going to make a story about greek mythology where he can insert himself as the main character and his like learning disabilities and his like daily struggles turn into the character's daily power um and like reading the book i really related with percy in those things and that was before i realized i had adhd and then i was diagnosed and i was like no that makes a lot of sense um but Yeah, just the way, like, everything was changed, not everything, sorry, the way that some of the things that were changed, um, about the story, I just think hearing him, he's like, you know, I wrote this book, like, 15 years ago, and, like, the movie was, like, 10 years ago, and all these things, and I've had a lot of time and interactions with people, and I think about this a lot, because that's my job, um, so there are obviously like certain things that I wanted to change. And he used the like TV show to hit some of those points. Mm -hmm. And I think one of those that you can see was obviously like Grover's character. Mm -hmm. Like you immediately see more of his personality. Yeah. And He's really the heart of like the trio. And I think in the books, you don't realize that as clearly as you realized it in the TV show. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I just think he made the changes that he wanted to make. I think he hit, like, all of the key points. Um, And then there were some things that were changed up a little bit. So I think as someone who's read the book a billion times, um, it was still very interesting for me, and I still got that feeling of what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, I think... He, I just think he handled everything so well. And I watched, I don't know if you guys saw the like documentary of like the making of the show and stuff. Um, I, guess but, they, I haven't
0: watched that yet, but it did pop up right after I finished okay. like yeah. something else to watch. Yep. There's something that, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> more content.
2: So you get to see like, Oh, it's a lot of Walker and Leah. Um, and the whole time they're talking, I'm just like, these kids are their characters. Like, Mm -hmm. they were typecast so hard into these roles. Um, So, like, for me, like, he couldn't have chosen better people. Mm -hmm. Like, in their interviews, when they interact with each other, like, how they've changed from when they first started to when they've grown up in, like, even the documentary that you got to see. It's, like, they're growing up in the same way that I would have imagined, like, Annabeth and Percy to grow up. Like, the Mm -hmm. way that Zia... I feel like she's gotten stronger and like more self assured, even though she was always doing everything right in the beginning. Um, and yeah. Percy's just like a prankster and a jokester and sassy, and I love that. When yeah. they cast him, I remember watching his movie on Netflix with like Brian. What's his face? I don't know his. Yeah. Um, and I remember literally before they even cast him as Percy, I was like, he kind of reminds me of Percy Jackson and then they cast him because everybody was i'd like feel like so than yeah. that and um yeah they. i cast. remember so i didn't watch the movie with ryan reynolds but i saw his interview where he quote like he in his audition for that part with that movie quoted the entirety of like the beginning of deadpool back to ryan reynolds yeah um and that's how he got that part um and he was doing it in this like interview again and i was like I don't like that's how I knew this kid. And I saw he was cast as Percy. And I was like, if that is the Deadpool monologue kid, they crushed it. They did fantastic.
0: You you bring up another point. Like this is another side thing too, but like in terms of like the stories we love and then it being made into like a TV show streaming or movie. And then you envision like who you want to play these characters and the kind of the fan casting and then the who's actually cast and then the judgments put on the person before they even do the thing. Like I remember when Gal Gadot was cast as as Wonder Woman, people were like, What? Like this skinny person. How's he gonna play like this Amazon woman? And then like, man, she was the best thing to come out of the DC. (laughs) universe. like how she embodied (laughs) Wonder Woman was was great. And the same thing's happening now with the new DC universe and James Gunn doing it. They just uh, cast Supergirl uh, with the girl from um, House of the Dragon. And uh, I forgot her name, but like they- Million something? Yeah, yeah, she. Oh my gosh, she's so good in House Dragon, and I love the story. One of my favorite graphic novels and stories of the last year, a couple years, is the Supergirl story that they're going to make into a movie called Supergirl: Woman of Tomorrow. It's an incredible book, incredible art. Read it now. That's what they're going to base the movie off of, and then typecasting her. Yeah, she's 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 smaller than I imagined, like Supergirl. But man, I cannot wait to see how she embodies this thing. And so, yeah, you're talking about people who are who are fans excited about someone playing a role that you're excited about. There's that element of like, yeah, see them in that. Or if you don't just wait to see how they, how they do this first and then, yeah. and then they go from there. I think, I think that's important. It's so so much fun. Justin. All right. So you're seeing this through your own kids eyes as you're watching with them having conversations. What, um, how, how are they feeling? How are you feeling about this show and then how it compares to the book?
3: Well, and I really wish Lawson would have come on. He was a bit too shy to do it oh, he, okay. <laughs> um, <Okay>. at ten, <laughs> because you know it's what's been fun is to to watch some of these episodes with him and to see him say, you know, they left this out, or this person is supposed to be in this scene, and just trying to to ask questions about why you make the choices that you make mm-hmm. uh, when you're when you're doing this kind of thing, and I think he sees. <laughs> the um the utility of some of those choices in order to move the plot along for you know uh, a series that has just less time but this is the first time i think he's really done that with any uh, ad- adaptation of a book and so it's, it's been fun to see him both affirm and then question <laughs> some of the choices uh, that were made along the way but ultimately he's really enjoyed uh, the series and and how it's held enough fidelity to the book to make it feel like he is watching these characters that he's imagined in his head. Um, yeah, which is, which has been uh, a, a lot of fun. Also, I think uh, um, early on, you know, he had a, a little conversation with me about representation and how you know, he's, he's enjoying, uh, who the character, who the characters are on TV and the way that they were cast. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. uh, which is, you know, as a, as a, uh, uh, young, um, African-American boy, he's really interested in representation as he you know sees it in these different shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's important.
2: I was really interesting and like powerful also how I felt like he protected Rick might've like, also protected Leia a little bit in terms of like, it wasn't just, it was kind of like just blind casting because Percy doesn't have black hair in the the series. It's like the entire time like they talk about his black hair and then Walker was cast. Everyone's like, well, is he going to dye his hair? And then they were like, he doesn't (laughs) have to do that. So like that kind of set the stage. Like Luke isn't blonde like he was. Like everyone's kind of different than how it is in the book, but that's showing. I think he, Rick was trying to do like across the board. It doesn't matter what the characters look like their their character is the same so i thought that was really cool like that kind of protected Leia a little bit more from some people or media i mean Mm -hmm. people are going to say what they're going to say but yeah i thought that was also really interesting how it's kind of i think it was also really like when leah was talking about it she was like i knew being cast in this role and, like, other people were telling me, too, like, you need to prepare yourself because there will mm. probably be, not probably, there will be backlash. Yep. Um, and she said that Rick told me, like, he sat me down and was like, listen, I want you to know that they can say whatever they want, but mm. I'm the creator of this story and I chose you. Mm. And I was, wow. like, was so great. And, like. Powerful. I think he makes a really good point of, um being, like, all the demigods in all of his series, like, even with the different, like, mythologies, um, he makes it a point to be, like, they're all, like, regular, normal, like, everyday kids when you see mm-hmm. them, like, walking down the street so they can look and act and be like anything. And mm-hmm. the way that I described their appearance, especially in, like, this first series, had more to do with, helping you envision a full story and not a lot to do with this person has to have like yeah. white hair or blue eyes or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And even like whenever you go back and read the first like series, the only reason I feel like Anna hair, like you even know it's blonde and curly is because Percy is so in love and obsessed with her that he's like, <laughs> this girl, I love watching her pretty blonde curls bounce in the wind or whatever. I'm like, he would have loved her brown yeah. pixie cut, you know? <laughs> obsessed, like. And I think, and I'm like, in no way trying to compare like representation for me and for another young black girl. Like I'm not trying to compare that, but like, for me, I hadn't like dumb blonde jokes made to me. And Annabeth was always like her, her, mm-hmm being like smart was a really big thing for her and Mm -hmm. to have her be blonde in a a certain light also with me was like I'm dumb blonde jokes kind of felt a little also so that in comparison to like a young black girl being like Annabeth is smart like young black girls can be smart like that is really cool to see that like translate of like this is how I felt even in a small way with her so this is how like Mm -hmm. another young kid can also feel that was really cool for me too, to think about, um, yeah, like
0: that. that's good. And I also yeah. liked it. I mean, I think all of us here have, have been in, um, consumed a lot of stories and and media mm-hmm. and, and then, you know, Justin, your kids are, 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 enjoying and catching the fever of loving to read and so you know we're also seeing um we're having rick also model for us how how to be a good steward of their story and so perhaps we're are mm-hmm. watching how to tell a story how to manage your time and stewardship of these characters and things so who knows we some of us may write a story at some point or, or a fantasy novel or or um, some kind of novel but you know to be able to model say this is my story i'm going to change it how i want i mean george lucas did some of that with star wars and the Re-release right. and that kind of stuff. People are like, wait a minute, Hans Strat first. I even have acted that way, but like, it's his story, it's his characters. Let, let him do what he wants with it, and those kind of things. I think that's important. Well, moving to the story itself, like, what are some themes there? I mean, it's kind of the basics: hero journey, it's yeah. Greek mythology, gods fighting, and then mortals, uh, you know, kind of under under their boot. And then you have demigods who are caught between the two. What are what are some things? Theme- what's a, a theme or two that jumped out for you in this series that that you're like, oh, that that. that that was pretty important. Allie, we'll start with you this time. Mm. Was there a theme? You know, yeah, you could probably go on all day about the theme of the first book, but in terms of this series on Disney+, Plus, was there something that was highlighted that you're like, ah, I like what they did Mm -hmm. with that particular theme or question?
2: I think, um, I don't even know how to put this into words, but the specific scene that like, I think they capture is when Annabeth is, like, talking to Hephaestus, and she's, like, I don't want to be, like, all these different people who just want, like, fame and glory. I want to care about, like, actual people. Um, and she, like, witnesses someone else doing that and then is, like, okay, I recognize that I am like that, and I'm going to make that change for the better and also fight for that when it comes up in other like situations with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's good. That's a theme that they do throughout. I honestly, all of his books, cause they all have a sitting up for the little guy mentality. Um, but I think they did that really, really well um, in this first book, even like in that one scene, I think you can see, like you can point out, Oh, they were setting up for this scene And like all these different parts and like from the series. Um, So, yeah, I think that was really nice. Um, And this is a trope, not a theme, but I really love how they did the found family trope. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I just like I just like it. I don't know. It was good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, real quick with my my theme, I just again, like you can go on a hero's journey, but but like you're not, you don't do it alone. You have to get your team. You have yeah. to get your friends. There, there's community. There's there's family, and then there's found family. And I think that I th- I think that aspect that in these stories are so done so well. Again, you have the tray trio of of these three who are together who are friends on this quest together, and and you see that in other parts too. Like you know, three three is a good number, but but again, like. That you don't go through this alone. There, there are struggles and they try to do it alone. They show like this is my journey. This is mine. The struggle of like mm-hmm. this is about me or what I need to do, not you. But they're like, No, we're not leaving you, or no, we're in this together. I think I think that's a big part of, of life and how we do life and community and family and friendship together. I think that was portrayed very, very well in this for, for all ages, adults or those who are uh preteens or or teens. Mm-hmm. Um yeah.
3: Well, in that beautiful scene where, where Grover is arbitrating between them and, you know, just this core aspect of, of being on a journey together, being in friendship with one another is the ability to, uh, to tell the truth and to be vulnerable with one another. Mm-hmm. And I really thought that was, uh, well done in the, that theme of, of friendship is, is making the hero's journey possible really stood out. Um, for me, um, another thing that I, um, I'm just totally taking a turn. Can I take a turn? Oh, yeah. We'll make a <laughs> yeah. turn. Make a
0: turn. Uh, <laughs> um,
3: uh, is the, um, so this is not necessarily a, a, a theme per se, but I, I spent more time thinking about this, the misty veil between the, the, the worlds Okay. And what you can see and what you can't see spiritually um, right. as uh, you know, I just didn't attend to it the first time through as much as this time, but I thought, gosh, you know, in what ways is our world uh, and our spiritual world similar? Uh, right. And this, no. you know, veil of the things we can see uh, spiritually, the things that we, uh, don't see, or don't want to see spiritually. So anyway, that was, I spent more time, uh, thinking about that, but I was, that's just kind of me being in dad preacher mode right there. But, um, yeah,
2: I was gonna go off. I like, this is a two kind of different things, but I also thought about it in kind of like, cause I wrote down and I was thinking about how much the show really focused and a lot of the main focus of, especially the first book is like, um, parent child relationships. Um, Mm. ironic. I'm talking about this, but like parent child relationships and how, I mean, the main drive for Luke to steal that bull was because my dad doesn't care about me. My dad doesn't Mm. like talk to me. This instance happened with my mom when I was a kid that kind of made me resentful for them. And then, you know, Percy's upset about his dad, Athena, um, you know, gives Annabeth a gift, but then is like, doesn't like <laughs> takes or gives whenever they want the really big theme of the books up until the end is like, we're kind of where they are children, but also they're all knowing beings. And like, what does that relationship look like? They, I know they still care about me. Some of them still care about me, but like, it doesn't feel like that way all the time. And it's really the way that is still like a God spiritual kind of thing that you can tie into that while also obviously quite literally being like, there's a parent-child relationship here. (laughs) It's really interesting throughout the books to see um, really the commentary on how parents and kids and gods interact with one another and how that feels sometimes neglectful. What do you do or not do with the love you have between one? Like, it's just really interesting. And I think they did a really, really good job with that in the show, especially... um, with some of the tension of like wondering if your parent like reach out or not. And having a single parent, single mom, like Percy, mm-hmm. Percy's their relationship. He, they focused so much about his relationship with his yeah. mom in the show. Um, and I thought that was really, really well done. It's uh, really shown in the book, but like in the, I mean, in the show it just was phenomenally done. Um, and you see little hints at their parents throughout and like him and his dad's relationship. But I think that's something that could be really expanded in later seasons if it gets renewed and it has such a good foundation now of like the core of a lot of the books is like yeah the relationship why a lot of the fighting is happening is families families and even they were talking about like our family's weird they're like yeah Yeah. and the the funniest thing was when he was like is the very end last episode and he was like i was having a dream and he was like oh she's like who and he's like grandpa and she's like please don't call like (laughs) Yeah. but it's, it's, it's talking about like dynamics of like yeah. how can you deal with like a family member that's actually literally like lord of all evil like you know you're like yeah. do i do with that do i still Time to I kill I you. All <laughs>
0: and so. how am i related or my life mirrored in that and who am i gonna come. yeah like like ali said do i want to I, I see what yeah. those who've come before me or my parents are uh do i want to mm-hmm. be like them or be a better than them um uh so i i think true. is it yeah it's, it it's so good. Black
2: book. i don't want to like spoil but yes. i mean percy's decisions Spoiler. that literally is like the basis of all of percy's decisions yes. also sorry i know i'm talking the way they did percy's like fatal flaw which is like personal loyalty mm. to his friends um mm. they did that so well like so well. a little bit in each episode but especially when they're on the big balcony like not balcony like whatever that arch was mm-hmm. um, RCA, and, yeah. yeah and annabeth was like logically like logically i should be the one to fight this person because you got to go save your mom he was like for sure logically and then was like no yeah. i'm gonna save my but friends yeah. and even at that point he was like resistant of like i'm not even their friends but you know yeah. he has that loyalty to the people he cares about and so that was really done really yeah. well
4: yeah and that's something
2: like i think i love about the TV shows that you get more of everyone else's perspective as well. Cuz in the book cuz it's all from Percy's perspective, right. You get him shutting them out and you're like, "Oh my gosh, he's such a hero. He fights all this and then a while later they're like, "Oh, we're so glad you're okay." But in the show, you can see like their anguish as he made that decision and they're like, "Well, what the heck?" Um so I think that's really cool too. I think that was done so well and I didn't even Plan to like having other people's perspectives. Like, it didn't even cross my mind that I was going to get that with the show. And then I did, and I was like, well, yes. I love that. so interesting about that, too? Sorry, Mm. Dad. I'm a. (laughs) Like, in the Heroes of Olympus books, you finally, it's Percy Jackson's perspective throughout all the five, like, first, Mm -hmm. I think all five first books. And then you get Heroes of Olympus, which is like everybody else's. Yeah, It, like, switches off every chapter. He's not like then- mentioned in the first book. He's not yeah. even in the first book. <laughs> exactly. Oh so then Annabeth's perspective comes in in those books. And you see Annabeth's perspective. In yeah. one of the books, I think, she says, like, I've had a crush on Percy since I was 12 years old. Yeah. That's the first – that's Lightning Thief, right? Mm-hmm. Throughout the entire series, the first series, it's Percy's perspective. And he – you only hear about, like, oh, there's some romance with Annabeth, like, near the end, the last couple books, you know? Yeah. Not that it's not hinted at. But then yeah. – creating the show, knowing that Annabeth has had a crush on him since she was 12. That's been in written the books in the hairs of Olympus series. You get to see clearly how she's like, you know, like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to like hug him. I'm going to do all these yeah. things. Like, I'm really worried for him. I don't know why, but like, so someone who's just read mm-hmm. the first series is like, why is this moving so fast? This like right. wasn't that clear in the first, but like you have the context of like Annabeth said mm-hmm. in that book series that she liked him all that time. So yeah, that's also really cool, of like perspective. Yeah, like,
0: like that yeah, I think um, the reason that these stories are so timeless—the mythological tales—and that is because it does—it's a microcosm or a mirror of of the dynamics that we have in our own relationships. Yes. So, the family relationships, uh, this understanding of the gods being aloof or not knowing if we can trust them or not—that's a big part of of not only like Greek mythology, but but dang, like Christianity too. Like how we portray God as is like—is do we consider Yahweh or the Trinitarian God like Zeus in the clouds, regularly throw a lightning? Bolt at us if we, you know, cuss in traffic, or is that the kind of God that we're we, we we see? So I think w- how we understand God or the spirit world or spirituality or ourselves, uh, I think does does matter how we tell it. But these these tales are, are timeless because they get down to the core of the human condition and what we're longing for and and the hunger for for family, for love, for acceptance, for purpose, those, those kinds of things. So that hero's journey. Um, as as Campbell Joseph Campbell has said, mm-hmm. it, it's there because it's it's ingrained in terms of who we are as humans and what we're what we're looking for. And so um, I, I love that. And then just going back, just real quick to just like the they've heard on this podcast heard me talk a lot about like the greek word for apocalypse or is is not like this ending final battle but but more of a revelation unveiling right like yeah. the mist lifting to be able to see things more clearly so when you say something's apocalyptic you're you're seeing it clearly for who it is and what it is and so yeah people on the show are walking around not knowing really what's going around they're like muggles you know they're walking around they don't quite understand the magic world or whatever uh but there's other people who can see and uh, go go deeper with things so I think that's a fascinating part of, of this story and these timeless stories that that draw us in. Um, what is it revealing to us about who we are and what we long for in our relationships, I think, is is pretty important. It can be apocalyptic. These stories, these IPs can be apocalyptic in a sense yeah. that it reveals to us um many, many, many different things. So, man, that's so good. We, we've been talking a while. We're, we're gushing all over this. I love it. I love it because it's a big, big IP, a lot of books, a lot of content, man. I, who, I, I haven't heard, have you guys heard on the fan sites, whether it's getting renewed for a season two? Is um, it happening?
2: So they haven't officially done anything yet. Uh, Walker went on a podcast last week and said um, that, he well, he isn't told a lot because he's a yapper and he will spoil it all. Um, mm. but he has like heard for the grapevine that they are like working on the script for season two now, but mm. they didn't start it before the strike, right? Um, so now they're waiting, like they're you know working out like early stages, and then um, they'll wait to see if they actually get renewed for season two, before they start putting like a lot of their like full force effort into it. yeah, I sense. would be yeah. surprised if it didn't, but. Oh, I'd be I so. I really want to get like through all five books. Cause I think that would be mm-hmm. amazing to see. Amazing. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen that before, like getting through, like something like Harry Potter level, but I, I mean, it's Disney plus and they're so fickle and they're so like, they will yeah. take yeah. stuff off in a heartbeat. <laughs> that's really making me nervous.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think, I, I think it's gotten good. Um, it's gotten some good feedback it seems like it's gotten some good ratings it seems like people are excited about it uh yeah. rick's rick's excited about it yeah you never know what disney plus or what they try to do and how they're making money or what movies you know who knows they might do another season and then do like oh we're gonna do a whole movie with this cast and do like three books in one in a, in a movie who knows what what they'll do but because they're still that. trying to figure out how to make money off of that but i i um i i have a feeling that this this was a pretty big hit for them and and probably should get a season two i wouldn't really? i mean i wouldn't I hitting, but yep well, let's go around the Horn World fest uh ranking like would we recommend this to a friend would we say yep go see it you can give it a scale of one to ten you could just say nope i really liked it you don't want to label it a number but how would you rank it and would you recommend it to a friend or would you recommend the book first in the series how was it justin you first <laughs>
3: Yeah, I want to give this a 10 out of 10. I really uh, enjoyed it. Uh, I thought the episodes were just the right length, Mm. Um, you know, especially geared toward kids, which I think was really uh, good for them uh, to do. Um, I think that um, reading the book and then returning to the show is probably the best way to do it, but I would highly recommend to friends. Cool. Mm -hmm.
0: Allie, how about you?
2: Um. I'm kind of weird. I always like to do the show or movie first and then do the book to add on more and like get more mm. content that you like. Yeah. Because sometimes if you read the book and then it's not what you wanted or expected, you don't like it as much. I'm like this way I get to enjoy more things. Um
0: That's Joshua's that's Joshua's take. That's that's how Joshua yeah. it.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. it is his take. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, I recommend to everyone all the time forever since I was twelve literally every person I meet so
0: cool you're you're uh percy Jackson uh evangelist I love that that's great that's cool um Hannah, what rankings recommendations where where you put it
2: I think it's great I think. Four and a half stars. I just didn't like the black screens that they put in between the scenes. Yes, I
0: was gonna <laughs> say that. I'm so sorry. Oh, I could not
2: get over that. I loved every aspect about it, so much of it, but I can't I can't get over. It. I'm someone that I'm very much a like cinematography nerd and like di- like I look a lot at what like the director does. And so I liked a lot of the shots in the in the show, thought they were cool. Was not a fan of the black screens in between. It's Disney Plus, yeah. you don't have ads. What Really i,
0: I know i'm wondering yeah. if they did that because they're gonna I throw it up so on abc confused. they're gonna throw it on abc they're gonna throw it on hulu they're gonna throw it, it up on another service where there's ads and they just made yeah. time stops for for the yeah. ads I, it did a, it, it did darn. not do that much for darn. me i
2: i could not anyway so that's the only reason i would give for i would literally <laughs> lose half a star because of only that thing it, whatever anyways um I think I would recommend books all the time no matter what books forever show I think I would recommend to people who are fans of the books and people who have kids like kids I don't know like for I don't know if I would go up to like anyone at my college and be like you have to watch this new show Um, just because it does require a lot of like for me it's very nostalgic I think it's a good show but I don't think people can get super into it if they just have no contact. if you're like a full-blown adult I don't know yeah Yeah, I mean you can it's totally possible I love it but I I will tell you guys before I recommend it to everyone I let them know I'm a geek I'm into this hardcore like other people might never be into anything so I'm like I I respect that you're probably right but I'm still gonna tell them
0: That's That's kind of how I'm with Star Wars. That's how I'm with Star Wars. Like I go deep cut. Like I watch everything. I'll consume everything. Like I (laughs) and then like there's casual fans and then there's things you you go Mm -hmm. you go deep on. I, I think you're right. I think for me, I would go it's a solid eight for what it is and the story it's trying to tell and how those for the book, but I will drop it down to half a half a point to 7.5 because of those uh, black screen time stops uh, making room for ads. That's not quite there just yet. I'm like, come on y'all, you can get back in the room and do that later. Like, why are you, why are you preempting where, Oh, we're going to do ads at some point. So let's put it up there and make room for it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know.
2: Also I put my, it is wrapped into the one and a half stars. I really was really disappointed in the theme music
5: Ah. i thought it was very
2: i thought it was very basic and very like marvel like it was trying to be like marvel um if you listen to it i'm like that's the avengers theme and i wanted something more like harry potter where it has like a theme that like you can pinpoint it and you're like oh that's the percy jackson thing you needed john williams you just wanted john
0: williams you wanted that was really disappointing
2: for me i wanted like a Percy Annabelle soundtrack. You know how they have, like, different, like, things, and it just wasn't yeah. there, and it made me kind of sad, but. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Dude, this is, sorry, I'm making it sound like I'm just doing a rebuttal. for. You're <laughs> right, actually. I can't even remember what the theme music was. Yeah. I don't know, and I probably should, considering how many times I've watched it. Um yeah. But this is a separate note. whenever they're playing the theme music, I'm standing at that art that cover art yeah, and they yeah, did sure. art phenomenal fantastic it was good, but the yeah. music you're right i couldn't even tell you what it sort of sounded like and i put it yeah. out to my roommate and before i said it i was like you know i don't like the music and she's like oh, what you, what do you mean you don't like the music and then we walked <laughs> for the next episode and she goes i really wish you would never have told me that because now i'm yeah. you just, you just yeah. made me really upset <laughs>
3: Well, it needs to have like Mandalorian memorable music, you know, Uh, you're right. But the artwork, I love the artwork. Oh
2: yeah. It's great.
3: It's the only (laughs) thing I can remember from the, (laughs) from the intro and the exit.
2: Yeah. Sorry, I Yeah, go.
0: maybe I maybe if they turn into a movie like from a TV show to a movie, they'll they'll have a, a grand movie score that we can can remember and go back to, kind of like they did with Mana Lauren. But but yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think you're right. We see Christian's um comment up there. Thanks for chiming in, uh Christian and, and watching live. Good point. Good point. Yeah, so let's 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 wrap this up. We um you know we're we're here on YouTube, we're here on the podcast, we're different places. We want you to smash that like button and we want you to share this with a friend or a demigod. You you might might know a demigod out there in the world, or you may not know it's a demigod. I don't know. Uh, but they're walking Amanda the, among us. Um, I, I think Justin's um, heavenly and in and, and a lot of ways divine, too. So, uh, Justin, um, share with a friend. Uh, go out there and, and keep geeking out, folks. Uh, yeah, let us know in the comments in our socials uh, what's new for you the things you're geeking out on, what you thought of um, Percy Jackson and uh, how it matched up to the book. And yeah, we'll keep recommending that you you read, um, even if it's an audiobook, you can listen to it, all those things. But everyone, we thank you for being a part. We know that there's a lot of content out there. There's a, a lot of choices, a lot of things to geek out on, but we're glad that you're able to huddle around the campfire uh, and and geek out with us here at Systemic Ecology. And thank you to our guests and our friends here, Hannah and Allie and Justin. Man, we'll have you back. Especially uh, when there's some other things coming up, we'll oh, geek out. All right, y'all, take care. And remember, share the faith, share the geek.
1: Hi, uh, my name is TJ. I'm here to tell you about the Systematic Ecology Shop. That's where we post all of our merch, it is hosted on uh, Creator Spring. And we have a ton of really cool merch, uh, mostly clothing. We have hats, extra soft T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies, and more. Our hosts wear them all the time. It's actually super comfy. Uh, we have glassware, mugs, which everybody loves a good mug. Fill out your cupboard. Get rid of some old ones, which is the part that I never do. That's why I have too many cups. Uh, we have cloth bags, posters, uh, and it's really stuff. We like to put our icons on there. We like to put quotes on things we come up with. Uh, and it's cool. It's a cool way. And a lot of it is pretty subtle too, uh, to show support for one of your favorite shows. And my personal favorite is actually our SG dad cap, which I've, I have i have been reluctant to buy it because now I have to wear hats at work and then I get tired of wearing hats, but it's really cool. It's really understated. It is our logo right here. And then it says systematic ecology on the back. It's great. It's a really good hat. We have a few of them floating around, uh, check it out. And if we could all just rock the, the SG dad cap in public, I think that'd be pretty sweet.
2: If you love our show, you can follow the whole network in a single feed on Spotify at Anazara ministry podcast or the network page on Apple podcast. There you'll find shows like the homely, the whole church podcast, my seminary life, let nothing move you. Demi for Theology, The Bible After Hours, as well as mine and my husband's show, The Clies, where my husband Taylor and I go through weekly discussions in a devotional conversational method to help us all get closer to one another and God.